SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. Well, thank you for those contributions on the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, which was the conversation we had in the previous hour of the show. Today we're going to round it up with a bit of literature and we're going to be looking at at least what are some of the must-reads for 2023. Not from my perspective, because it would probably be very biased, but we've got the experts, at least in their own right, in studio with me. Uh, Suela Langeni is the founder of Book Capital Bookstore. Suela, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. Maggie Davy is a senior editor and academic publisher at Jakarta Media. Maggie, good morning. Morning, Kathy. And <clears throat> Deborah Mashiani is with a book club, Bafadi Bebumene Book Club. Deborah, good morning to you. Morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So, firstly, let me thank you all for making time for this conversation. I have been taking a look at the list of the top five books that you have all sent through to the show. Mm. I must say, there is no commonality in the names or the titles at all, (laughs) which I find interesting uh, because we'll get to that in a moment. But I think just more generally, all of you um, have an important role within the literature sector, you have an idea of what some of the trends in the sector are. Mm. What have you seen sort of in this year when it comes to reading? Are we as South Africans reading books? If we are, what are the kind of books we are looking for? What interests us? You know, is there a typical formula for a bestseller in in South Africa? Suela, I'll begin with you. Uh, I think people, yes, we are reading. That I can definitely confirm. We are reading. And uh, uh, because as Book Circle Capital, we focus specifically on African literature, I think people are excited and want to read African stories. Uh, we still lean a lot more on nonfiction based on, on the demand. So people like to read more real stuff, more political stuff linked to our history. Even if it's fiction, it must be based on, you know, some history of, of, of legitimate events that have happened. There's also an excitement around still memoirs. I think people want to hear people's stories. People are writing stories about their family members. People are rewriting, you know, stories that could have been lost. We know that uh, there's a lot of history that has been written out based on our history. But so we seeing a lot more people writing stories about their families and we're seeing a lot of children's books uh, that are coming out where representations is a theme you know stories about our hair our skin our differences are coming out so i think yeah it's it's been an exciting year i'm quite fascinated by um people writing stories about their families yeah because one would think that you know you would have interest in things like that from Um, celebrity families or families Mm. that are well known Mm. but when you have ordinary people writing stories about their grandparents or their mothers and and it's really it's something that's happening more and more why do you think that is Suela? I think it's because of our history because Mm. you know there there was a time where we we didn't have the space to be able to tell our stories and people are also wanting to retrace their steps so one of the books on my list is uh, a man who the man who shook the mountains by Leslie Mufuking he's writing about his grandfather who was instrumental in the in the uniting reformed church so it may not be like a big well-known well-known 
known person, but within that community, he's quite mm. well known. He he made changes in the community where he was based as a minister. So the appeal is bigger than just his family. There yeah. are a lot more people there. So I think there's that curiosity about where we come from because a lot of it also, you know, shows you where you come from, therefore shows you your potential and inspires you to do more. All right. Yeah. Maggie, how would you describe the interest that you're seeing in books? Well, <coughs> Kathy, you know, if, if I, I knew what made a bestseller, then of course <laughs> <laughs> things would be a lot different. Um, but, you know, and, and I really couldn't, uh, you know, Suella has it summed up there, really. It is about our own stories and telling them. Now, I grew up in Ireland. I was mm. born here, but grew up in Ireland. And Irish bookstores, you know, you had to go quite a distance into the bookstore uh, before you met books from other parts of the world. Mm. You know, so it was all about telling Irish stories. Um, and, and it still is. So, uh, I mean, that's the exciting thing, especially for lo local publishers. Um, and then, um, and that's that's really the beauty and the hope of it is bookstores like Suella's and, and everybody else who's now taking a really um, a, a passionate interest yeah, in book clubs mm. and book clubs yeah. in yeah mm. in local so, so 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 in terms of trying to read the south african market and uh, you know if i come to you maggie and you know i'm like well you work at jacana i want to write a book about the moon you will be the first one to tell me well a book about the moon mm, might not appeal to the audience that we have in this country so what are we interested in from from a publisher's point of view? What do you take? What manuscript do yeah. you take and entertain and know that mm. I can put this out there? Yeah. And there's an expectation yeah. that it 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 there'll be a couple of people that will be interested. Well, you know, I mean, to go back to the moon example, yeah. um, it really is in the telling. Mm. So if you're telling the most extraordinary story about the moon in your voice, which is new and fresh and exquisite, mm. then what's not to love, mm. you know? So it's a lot of it is in the telling. Of course, it's in the stories. We mm. know that bringing up stories for the first time, telling them for the first time. But I think now we've got such a rich array of voices mm. um, and uh, uh, that's burgeoning. And that's so that's what we're looking for. Yeah. OK, Double, let me bring you in here as somebody who is um, the chairperson or the leader of a book club. When you get together with the rest of your book club members, who gets to decide which book is being read and when? Uh, so in our book club, we have a system where each person recommends a book. So we are each allocated a month. Um, before, when we started, we said uh, we'll read 70% um, uh, fiction and and then 70% uh, uh, fiction and 30% non-fiction. But, go, but uh, lately, we've been fighting a lot because a lot, lot of people have been suggesting non-fiction, coming back to the talking about people writing about their lives and stories. So you see the shift now. The stories are not about people are not interested uh, on nonfiction as much as they were before. Now, uh, uh, with fiction as fiction. as much as before, now they're more interested in in nonfiction and people's stories. So that's how we 
do in our club. We, each person gets an opportunity to choose and you cannot uh, make them change their minds. You all have to read it. It doesn't matter if you love the genre or not. So that's how we keep things equal and so that we don't have fights. So when you when it comes to getting together, how consistent are people in making time to actually read books? Is it a case of you know that all the members have read the books or are people just having taking a cursory look through what looks like the important chapters so that we can keep up with the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, before COVID, things were running smoothly. We were consistent in everything. But after COVID, a lot of people's lives changed and were affected health-wise and stuff. So we had to loosen up some rules. So even if you have not finished reading the book, you are allowed to review it. And we give you grace. We're not as strict as before, but you are required to finish the book, uh, reading the book by the end of the year. So you cannot escape not reading uh, the book that was given to you. And we used to also have fines uh, that if you haven't finished reading a book, you bring a bottle of wine so we can share. That's another way of making people to come out, get along and read the book. But mostly you, we don't really have to force anyone they do it because we generally we just bought together by the love of books, so it's easy. And and it's a great way to build a sense of community and really talk about life and yeah. share life experiences mm. through the journey of others. So I've asked all of you, as I started off earlier, to put together a list, your top five reads and Help us at least, you know, give us ideas of what we can be doing mm. over the holidays. So, Ella, I'm going to kick it off with you. Yes. Um, what are your top uh, top five reads of 2023? So this was hard because as a bookseller, there's a lot that you get to get exposed to. So I had to narrow it down. So whoever that's listening and I didn't mention, you know, <laughs> don't hold okay. anything. So what, what is the criteria that you used? How my, did you pick your top five? My, I picked my top five out of the ones that I like really kept, stayed with me a lot, uh, even after I've read it. Mm. Plus a lot of also sales, how they performed at the shop yeah. and how many people I've heard talk about it. You know, we monitor also a lot on social media, what tr mm -hmm. what the trends are. So so that was my rough criteria. It's not scientific. <laughs> so my, my I had two, I have two uh, fiction. Uh, my first fiction is At Fire Hour by Barry Gilda. Uh, we had the honor of launching him at the shop. It's a Jakana publication. So it's, an, it's a historical fiction. He's a, a former ambassador, I think, to Damascus and he's, he, he He's, he's, a, he's an ANC stalwart. So he talks, he makes up a whole story about, it's a love story, but in the context of armed struggle. So it's very interesting. Some facts are, so, you know, we, people are, are curious how much of it is true, how much of it is not true. Mm -hmm. And he, 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 it's so well researched around former writers in South Africa that are no longer alive. But So it's it's rich in that way. Uh, uh, my next fiction is Jessica George Mami. She, she's not South African, so she's a, a, a black British woman that writes about her story uh, as, as, as a young woman that gets parentified quite early in life and then sure. she takes care of her dad. But she finds herself. It's a story about identity. It's a book I felt I could have read much younger. So it's such a beautiful book. And then the, the three non-fiction is Meruth Mombati. So Meruth Ruth Mombadi is also an, 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 an ANC stalwart, but as we know, like a lot of the role of women in struggle was almost erased. So mm -hmm. I'm loving books that are coming to tell us what what role women played. So this book is written by Untate Wali Mungane Sorote, where he talks about her life of courage and struggle. So she sounded like such a trailblazer. You know, mm -hmm. you reading the book, you wish like you would have met her. 
And then I write The Yawning Void by Messindiwe Magona. She's, I mean, a famous South African author. This is a collection of her essays published by Vets Press. So she talks a, a lot about a lot of things. So if you meet her uh, physically, she, she lectures you a lot. So, so the essays <laughs> feels a lot like a lecture, but in a good way. Yeah. You know, she talks about, and she forces us to, to reflect. So she, mm. of course, she belabors uh, the state of the nation. She talks about the use of languages, you know, especially with our children worried that indigenous languages are being cannibalized by English, uh, but also just the beauty of writing, making sure that we write, because in a way, writing preserves our history, preserves our story. And then lastly is The Men Who Shoot Mountains by Leslie Mufugeng. Uh, this this book, uh, because I come from an, I, I'm also from the Enkhia Gerg slash Uksa, so it felt so much like going down memory lane. Mm. He even talks about the history of our hymns, the hymns we sing in church now. Mm. He connects that to the role he, that his grandfather played in a community called Khalekspan in the Northwest. And it's that thing you were saying. He writes him back into history, but also I think it could be a, a, a nice addition for even kids that get born into the Mufugeng family. Yeah. You know, where do they come from? What ca- what capacity do they have? You know, where do they come from and how much they could still do? Wow. Yeah. Now you've convinced. Now I want all of those books. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should read all awesome. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, let me come to you. Let's see how much of your list uh, we can get through. Don't worry. If I interrupt you to take the 1130 news headlines, That's we'll fine. continue on the other side of the headlines. Okay. I didn't. Um, I was absolutely <laughs> modest to a fault yeah. and didn't choose any of uh, uh, Jakarna titles. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I am going to uh, to bring one in. Sure. Just now. So, so, so what, was, what was the criteria then um, that, that you used in, in your selection process? Well, really just, you know, uh, books that I couldn't, uh, as what did you say, Suela, that exactly. stayed with you. Yes. Yeah. That kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, basically that was it. Uh, the, the first one was Johnny Steinberg's uh, Winnie and Nelson. Yes. Um, I just thought that it's 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 one of the best biographies that I've ever wow. read in my life. Um, the detail, the uh, the uh, the attention given to so many aspects of their lives, and ve- and just even talking, even attempting to write about these two people and mm. having done that beautifully yeah it's my book of the year oh wow, wow. Yeah. okay apart okay from, <laughs> apart from all the books, yes which are all my book of the, books of the year um, and then um uh dilla time uh jay dilla you know i didn't know so much about jay dilla okay and um, I mean, I listened to the Roots uh, back in the day. I mean, I've, it, it dates me so much now. And I even, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, so so I knew a bit about Jay Dilla, but here really is uh, between the covers of a book how uh, Jay Dilla inserted time, mm-hmm. a new beat of time into how music is scored wow. and played nowadays. And in fact, that's how the book is laid out. It's laid out chronologically and then in terms of timing and beats. So, you know, they always used to say Frank Sinatra put an extra, he could, he could carve out an extra bit of time 
in a song. And now Jay Dilla put an extra bit of time into into a piece of music. So that was extraordinary. Um, Killing Thatcher, Rory Carroll. Mm. He used to be the Guardian correspondent out here many years ago. Um, it is the most beautifully, brilliantly uh, investigated and told story about an IRA bomb in Brighton in 84, I think, uh, when they tried to kill Thatcher and mm. then they, they, they didn't and they killed some uh, Tory ministers. And it's not a British-Irish thing mm. at all. I mean, of course, it's framed. It is that story, but it's, it's framed as who planted the bomb. And it's done very well globally as well, very right? Well. It's done very phenomenally well. well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Rory is still with The Guardian in, in Ireland now. All right. I'm going to pause yes. you there, Maggie. Yes. We're going to continue with the rest of the list in a moment. I hope you are getting inspiration, right? If you haven't picked up a book in a while, like somebody in the studio who I will not mention. You just have to put one <laughs> and two together, right? Because the two guests obviously have. So that leaves maybe one other person who's behind the microphone currently who hasn't. Um, so we're all getting inspiration to do a little bit better. It's 11.30, time for the latest news headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. You're listening to The Talking Point. We're still leading the conversation on SAFM. We're looking at the top 2023 um, reads. And this is not according to any list. So don't benchmark me against New York Times bestseller or exclusive books bestseller or anybody else. We have just brought together a group of individuals that work and deal with books on a day-to-day basis. And we've, we've asked them what their top five reads of the year are. You've already heard from Suela, uh, who, of course, is the founder of um, Book Focus Capital Bookstore. And uh, she's given us her list. Maggie Davy is a director and co-owner of Jakana Media. We're still going through her list and then uh, you'll also get to hear Dabro Mashiani who's uh, uh, the, the leader, if I can say, of, of a book club and she'll tell us what they've wanted to read uh, in her book club. So Maggie we were still going through the list you gave us. So uh, we've touched on <coughs> Winnie and Nelson, A Portrait of Marriage by Johnny Steinberg. Killing Thatcher, that's uh, Rory Carroll, and Dilla Time by Dan Charnas. Is, is that correct? Or Charnas? Charnas? Okay. I've well, never heard anyone oh, say it. Yes. All right. Kathy, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, uh, yeah. Um, the, the other one, uh, well, there's two. Rough Beast by Maria Cahill. Um, I went through a phase of reading a lot about Northern Ireland this year <clears throat> and um, that that was one of them and uh, I think and I think the time will come here Suela mm. I'm sure uh, you'll agree when we will uh, really excavate the kind of um, uh, you know the the, the gender uh, um, the violence mm. I suppose you know during the uh, during the struggle in mm-hmm. exile and, and so on. Um, and this book touches on it mm-hmm. in terms of the IRA and, okay. um, uh, and, and suppression, really, of women in, in the broader kind of uh, 
struggle for enlightenment and freedom, but yet suppressing women mm-hmm. terribly. So, you know, perhaps that will be written about here as well, mm. if that's the case. But that was that was a very, very moving, very powerful book. Um, and then um, the, the Mukadima, I don't know, again, I've never heard anyone say it, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, Ibn Khaldun. Um, and, and that might be a way of me telling you about a book that we've published, mm. which is the Arabic Afrikaans writing tradition um, by an amazing guy called Ahmed Davids. He's late now. He died a good many years ago. Um, and it, this has been edited by Hein Willemse mm-hmm. and Suleiman Dangor. Hein Willemse has just retired as professor of Afrikaans at University of Pretoria. Um, and uh, so I've been trying to learn as much as I can about um, is Islamic history, Muslim history. And um, so reading the Mukaddimah uh, came out of that. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it's also gotten really great reviews, the Mukaddimah, if it's described as a monumental book, um, wow. especially when it comes to the history of, of Islam. Yeah. And yeah. I had no idea about yeah. it, so I'm learning as much as I can. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, um, Maggie. All right, Tabo, let me come to you. Uh, you know that there's no pressure, right? And like I said, nobody has anything similar on their list. And similar <laughs> by me, I mean, there's no common book, but I'm sure there's similarities in terms of the stories, uh, the stories mm-hmm. and what comes out of those stories. So, Tabo? All right, I'll just name the five, and then I'll choose, out of the five, I'll say which were the best that all ladies agreed on. Okay. Um, it was Angels Demise by Sunyati, the, f- the First Woman by Jennifer Makumbi, Scarred by Ayanda Klaba, Finding Me by Viola Davis, uh, The Death of Vivek Oji, and You Made It Full of Death by Nigerian-born author Akwezi. Um, so one book that stayed with us, and we had a book hangover, was <laughs> Angels Demise. <laughs> We, it took us a long time to get over it because the stories were so well written. Um, it's about the the fall of Zimbabwe and how the from the its independence to this that its current state and how it led to the the fall of econ- the economy. And it's written for through uh, three generation of women, and it's suited such a great story in writing it because. She could take us through each uh, phase of uh, Zimbabwe's change. Mm. And the stories uh, felt so true and so relatable. And you could understand why what is happening right now is happening Mm. and the history and how similar it is to our history, to South Africa's history in terms of race and division. And the the other one is the first woman. Uh, We are a female-only book club. And we are, we like to uh, support women in all phases and factors. So the first woman is really a book about women issues and women, um, things things that affect women. And you can say it's a feminist book, if I may put it that way. And there's the myth and the stories and how all these traditions, mainly traditions, African traditions that we have, mainly affect women more than men and how patriarchy affects women in in everyday life through school 
uh, work, families. So it was also a great book by Jennifer. And the top, the other top three was God by Ananda Klaba. This was a <laughs> an odd one because we've never read a crime series from a black woman. So it's a crime series uh, based on a serial um, abuser who, who goes after women and um, abuses them because he has a, a kink, if I can call that, a sexual kink that is very, um, that affects women in such a way that they need, they trauma bond because mm -hmm. of this certain guy. So it was interesting in the way that um, we, it's, it's rare to find such books from black women in South Africa. I think we, most of the time we have the same narrative where we talk about our history, apartheid and, you know, same old stories, which we appreciate, but this time it was, uh, it was different because now we're talking about crime. Sure. Crime scene, something totally different. So uh, we really enjoyed Scott uh, and Angel Demise and the first woman. And of course, um, Finding Me by Viola Davis is a nonfiction. Usually the beginning of the year, we, we, we like, like in general, we like to take a, a nonfiction book that steers us, maybe um, it's a motivational book or an autobiography. And it was good, it was great to read about her, her story and her challenges in her family and how she got out of poverty, mm. which we could mostly relate to and how race race was affecting her and it's and we could draw similarity parallels similarities to how it affected our lives as women and of course on the lighter side which is we never read romance my book club ladies they really don't like reading romance books so um, <laughs> we managed to sneak in one by Akwezi and they enjoyed it and we had different views about it that you made it full of death and the death of Vivek, and they write about um, homosexual homosexuality and how and homo uh, how homophobia affects uh, people living in Nigeria, and it it was an interesting read, and we, it made us appreciate that we live in a in a good country. We have a lot of laws, you know, but mostly we have great laws that protect people, right. and we have people living freely, you know. Um, in terms of of being free to to marry opposite sex or yeah. same sex marriages and stuff. So when you read the death of Vivek Oji, it made us remember that we actually we live in a great country that has great laws. All right. Yeah. Uh, Deborah, thank you, thank you so much for for that rundown. Um, we mm -hmm. are almost completely out of time for this conversation, um, but I guess the moral of the story is that there's a little bit in it for everybody so yes. if you're determined to read you will absolutely find something out there absolutely. that appeals to you and that will be able to resonate with you so i'm going to give each of you just 30 seconds <laughs> as your parting shots um to this conversation and maybe remind us again why it's important for us to read we all know that we should do it but so many of us don't mm. why do we need to keep the culture of reading going suela uh, to escape, to grow, and to know who we are, and, and to travel beyond, you know, your physical location. There's a festival happening this weekend, the Gauteng International Book Fair, where a local book lover can be spoiled for choice. 
uh, authors that even Deboha mentioned will be there. So I think we should keep reading. Where is the festival? It's in Soweto, Ubuntu Kral, uh, happening on Saturday the 9th, the whole day. I think tickets are just 100 rand for everything throughout the day. Plus, there's a children's program. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just agreeing with you. Absolutely. Yeah. The book fairs are a good reason <coughs> yeah. to to keep reading. But um, I think that, you know, the, well, they say that the the better way of telling the truth about a, 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 about a situation, a country, a life is through fiction. So, I mean, that's mm. fiction in particular. Mm. Um, and so I know that um, we tend to favor nonfiction here mm. in our uh, in, country, in, yeah. in the country, but uh, we have such great novelists emerging here, and yes. we have a tradition of great novelists. Um, but my gosh, every year sees a new batch of horizonless yeah. people, you know, and that's the beauty. And yeah, um, I just can't wait for all these novelists to come through. Oh, fantastic. All right, that's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Uh, Suela, Maggie and Davao, thank you so much for your contributions on The Talking Point. That's where I'll leave it for today. We're back with you again tomorrow morning. Up next is, I suppose today it falls in line nicely, the book reading.